0: Everybody welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Green Room Live post game. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your therapist for the evening. Uh I guess we're just going to keep watching this team suck. Uh I don't know what I expected. They never beat the Islanders to begin with. Just kind of thought like, you know, the Islanders aren't that good this season. Uh it's going to be a low scoring game, so that helps the Flyers. It's not like you can get blown out by the Isles and I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting here. It's just a damn shame to watch this team be so bad every single night. I'm beyond the point of thinking, oh, it can get fixed. They can get on a hot streak and get into the playoffs. I just want to watch a semi-entertaining game, and they just generate nothing. Just making a pass to get out of their zone seems like the hardest thing in the world. Like if you were to ask some guys on this team – to fucking launch a rocket into space, it would be easier for them to do than to just make a simple breakout pass. Uh, I, I, this, t- like, it, it's so much. Like, we want you know, people are online singling out Yandel, and we've had our fun with Yandel, and yeah, he sucked again tonight. But like, it's everybody. Uh, Jesus, I mean. You know, uh, Travis Konechny finally had a noticeable game. That was something. He had the hit. He had the goal, created a few other opportunities, looked more like Travis Konechny uh, than he's looked in, Jesus, months maybe. Uh, But, you know, too little too late at this point. This is the eighth straight loss in a row. This thing's getting to 10, right? They're going to have two 10-game losing streaks in the same season, uh, just a, an absolute embarrassment this organization has become to the city, to the fan base, um, to hockey at large. Uh, this is the Philadelphia Flyers we're talking about, and they have fallen so far from relevancy. It, it, it's not. Even, they're just awful. They're horrible to watch. I can't believe, like, tomorrow's game is only going to be streamed. Lucky everybody who doesn't have ESPN and Hulu. Like, lucky you, you don't even have to watch this game because uh, it's going to suck. It's going to be a shitty game, and spoiler alert, they're going to lose. Because uh, they lose every night now. It's not even a question. It's not even a contest. They come into the game. Uh, you know, you guys know I produce a, a gambling show for Odyssey, You Better You Bet, on the Beck UL Network. You know, I give out hockey bets every night. And just looking at the odds, the Isles were minus 200 favorites. That's like... I mean, for two bad teams to be mean, I realize, like, there's been a lot of extenuating circumstances for the Isles. But you just look at their record. You look at, you know, they haven't played that well this season. Uh, minus two, like, that's a huge favorite. Like, nobody should – the Islanders should be minus 200 against nobody, uh, like, including the fucking Coyotes. But here they are, huge favorites against the Flyers and justified. Uh, the, they're uh, – I'm running out of things to say about this team, but really just watching tonight, they have so little. You know, if Couturier was here, if Ellis was here, blah, 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 they'd still be bad. It's probably better that those guys aren't here. We wouldn't – so we're not holding on to false hope. We're not looking at mediocrity as some sort of, all right, well, this is something. No, they're just horrible, and that's fine. You know what? We've been looking for, you know, a change of direction for this team. Hopefully it's coming. Uh, again, like after Yandel breaks the streak as we get a little closer to the trade deadline, this team has to take the direction of we need to start over because what the fuck else is there to do? They are hapless and hopeless and just shit. They're just shit. That's all there is to it. There's no there, there's no like nice, easy, radio-friendly way to say it. This is a shit team. All right. Uh, you guys know my thoughts. I do want to ask a question for everyone who's going to call in tonight. This gets to ten. Do they have to get rid of Yo? I know the coach doesn't matter. It's just like you know they, they could exhume Fred Shiro, and they're not going anywhere. Uh, and clearly, it's not the coach's fault because the team is just horrible. They can't make a single tape-to-tape pass. But they lose ten in a row. Do they have to get rid of Mike Yo? Just something, just something to throw out there uh, for you guys. As I'm going to get to the callers now. Uh, let's lead it off with Hunter Moyer. Hunter, you're live on the post game.
1: What's up, Bill? I, I guess I'll answer your your question. I, I don't, I, I don't think so. I mean, it doesn't
0: fucking matter. I'm yeah, just like yeah, thinking sure. if they have two, like the other guy got fired after what eight? You know, we're at eight again.
1: Yeah, I, I, like I'm a diehard Flyers fan, man. But you said it. it it's so hard to love to love this team, and they're a, a true embarrassment.
2: Yeah. I mean... It, I, <laughs>
1: I, I always joke around how MLS is going to, you know, reach a higher expectation than the Flyers in this city. And quite frankly, I think they do. I mean, I'm we're so lucky that this team pl- only plays hockey and they're not like a special forces team in the military because we'd be. <laughs> <laughs> we, we'd so be fucked. Like, Mike Yo's a general. Like, we'd be so fucked. Oh, my God. Because like, they can't do the simple shit. And that's i I guess that's what infuriating because the last game that that was fun to watch was the Edmonton game. that game was so fast paced and it was so back and forth, and then it's like I just it's so weird how in a season, you can have that and show life, and then this twice. you know what it's
0: not even showing Life Hunter,
1: and I'll let you finish.
0: It's um No, that's all I have. That's all I have. The, yeah, they'll let, they'll just play whatever game the opponent plays. Like if it's a shitty mucked up game like it was tonight, well that's what the Islanders want to do. It, you know, the Oilers want to play wide open. So it's a fucking wide open game. They are just fine being dictated to no matter who the opponent
1: is. Yeah, now I want to ask you something quick here before I leave. Uh has this team been in tank mode that we don't know since AV left? Uh, it's if not, it looks he, like he, it. Like, they, they better be. <laughs> because, <laughs> Bill, Bill, when you look at their social media things and they show them in like, like warm ups and like at Voorhees practicing, they're fucking smiling. They're smiling, Bill. I, I don't like what you enjoy this. <laughs> That's it. That's and like
0: and thanks a lot, Hunter. And I always like I wanna. You know, guys are gonna try to enjoy themselves. They're still at work. They're trying to, like, you gotta have fun playing the game, and I understand all that. But it does. Like, I I don't want to draw anything from that. But man, it is. uh, We want to like the. You know, it's not like we don't want to like these guys, but they give us a lot of reasons not to. Just plenty of reasons not to. Uh, Ian Ackerman, Ian, you're live on the post
3: game. What's up, Bill? How are you tonight, Ian? Uh doing alright. Um I know you said we've been having our fun with Yandel and everything, but like can we hope he does something so egregious like where he just takes the puck and turns around and just throws a shot on Carter Hart or Martin Jones and scores on him so we have to take him out. Can we hope I was
0: like I was positive tonight uh when uh, I think it was on a delayed call. I was positive he was gonna put the puck in the empty net. Like <laughs> believed it. I I really wonder sometimes if he's, like, having his own little private joke out there, like, how bad can I play and still be in this lineup?
3: Right, and like you said, it's not all just him. I mean, there's a lot of... No, it's of- everybody. Yeah, but it's just... Holy cow, it's just... I just can't get over just how how far he's lost it. It's just... Ugh, it's a shame. Yeah, and just,
0: like, little things. Like, he... Like he fires a an attempted breakout pass right into the dude in front of him tonight. He never shoots from the point. It's just and like again, i it's it's boring to just single out Yandel, but right. like Sayedheim tonight, fucking he he had like three failed attempts to keep the puck in at the line where he absolutely you know should have been able to make that play. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's little shit this whole team does bad, but it it is egregious a lot of the time when Yandel's out there.
3: Right. And like, why would you have him on the top power play? I think I heard JJ saying they took out York and put him yeah. you know, on the top. Why? What for? Yeah, like first of all, it doesn't matter. The power play sucks. Oh, why man. Oh, man. why are we
0: playing Keith Yandle any more than the absolute bare minimum? And like I, you know, Mike Yo's playing the Handies dealt. It's not like this team would be better if if Yandel played two fewer minutes a game, but it's just like what he's in the lineup because he's got a streak going and we don't have six NHL defensemen. Fine. Right. Does, does he have to be on the power play? for what for for what is that helping who
3: for whom is this but I, I, I agree then uh the last thing i'll say before i go is um i don't know who they could get to be a gm if they decide to part ways with fletcher and i feel like he did make some good moves in the offseason or at least i thought they'd be good but i clearly think he isn't the guy i feel like they need to get some younger gm or just someone who's Just outside the organization, I know Fletcher is, but just someone outside the organization with no affiliations and just just wipe the slate clean and start over.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Ian. I feel you. I agree. Uh, Like Fletcher, yes, he's an outside-the-organization guy, but he's also Bobby Clark's buddy. Um, And, you know, if they were going to continue to try to band-aid this thing and push forward – Chuck Fletcher is what he is. He's an he's a average general manager. You could have better, you could have worse. But if you're going to take a new direction, how can you let the guy who, you know, for the last three years has been going for it and in that time the team has gotten worse, how can you be like, yeah, you're going you're gonna to see the new direction again? You know, the the thing he was brought in to do, he failed at. So why why would he get more of an opportunity? But something tells me uh, Chuck Fletcher is going to be the GM of this team for at least another year. Warren Brody, Warren, you're live on the postgame.
4: Uh, I definitely would let Mike Yogo, but I would like to see them send someone down to minors and send a message. Someone that, that they don't care if it gets picked up. Obviously, JVR was the – the one that always uh I, just send them to the minors yeah, I, if you, you gotta you gotta this team's not they quit, and you know that's not what this team should be about uh and they right. gotta move on for some of these guys because I'm noticing some of our younger guys like Farabee is just like it's not good right now not no one is playing hard.
0: It's so hard right now to even judge individuals because the team, like as a whole, if you can't string two passes together, like I I can't judge the other three guys on the ice. If two have the puck current, like if two guys have the puck and can't control it, how can I judge the other? They're so bad.
4: That third goal where Sandheim was behind and gave the puck away, then Prover stole the puck, and then he gave the puck away. And then they got the puck in front, and there's the guy, Barabee's standing there and watching the guy shoot the puck into the net. So there was like three or four breakdowns within five seconds there. That's they I mean, have
0: had They have had such an issue breaking the puck out all season, and tonight it really – like it looked like – it looked like the Islanders from two years ago where they just couldn't move the puck out of the D zone at all. Again, they got bottled up. They got bottled up by that, uh, Sezikis Clutterbuck clutter line. Like they had such a problem. And yeah, I was at the, I think the Bavillier goal when they were all just standing around looking
4: like it's. So the lack of every, lack every
0: aspect of, of the team's terrible.
4: The lack of center ice. Some people that can carry the puck out of the end is so noticeable right now. And you know, they They, you know, Chuck Fletcher, I'm going to take off on him right now because he made all these moves last year. But the one thing he needed was another center, someone, a second-line center that can work on the power play, you know, that's, you know, create offense. He didn't do that. And, you know, everyone else was just a waste of time that they got last year. None of them are really difference makers. So, you know, he can make all the moves he wants, but unless the You bring in people in here, you know, on the team that are difference makers. It doesn't matter.
0: No, and that's, uh, Warren text a lot. Like, there's no way, there's no way they can look at this roster and just go, well, if we plug some holes, like, now that's over. Uh, you've proven that that isn't going to work. Like, It's a shame because we're going to be subject to more bad hockey, but at least maybe it'll be bad hockey with some sort of direction. Uh, And I know we thought we had that during the Hextall tenure and just didn't work out, but they got to try again. There's no, there's clearly no, all right, we, we have a core and if we can just bring in some people to supplement it. No, there's no supplementing this. It's, you don't have close to enough good players Chris Krochak, Chris, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, how's it going? Uh, oh, just swell tonight, Chris.
5: <laughs> to answer your earlier question, not only are they going to have two 10-game losing streaks in the same season, they're going to do it by game 40, which is just unbelievable, man. I mean, that is 50% of the season that they've been on a losing streak. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. I mean, even like even a lottery team
0: wins every fourth or fifth game. My God. Yeah, like they just they can't score they can't score 3 goals in a game. Like they can't put together a week where they don't lose. Mo- like it it's it's fucking embarrassing. You I didn't even <laughs> think of that. Like they're going to have two 10 game losing streaks and we're not at the halfway point. Like
2: how's That's that insane.
5: possible?
0: I mean, it's just I've never
5: seen anything like it. And you know what also kind of blows my mind? I've noticed Every player that came in with a bit of promise, whether it be like Provrov, Konechny, Lindblom, any of these young guys, you know, they all kind of started off their career pretty good, right? I mean, we were pretty hyped about these guys. We're not saying that like Provrov was going to be like a Norris trophy winner, Konechny was going to be like a 40-goal scorer. These guys had promise. Every single one of these players has regressed. Every single one. How is that possible? How does every player – I mean, is it a player development issue?
0: That's like that's what I'm thinking at this point. Like, yeah, maybe some of these guys just aren't as good as we thought. But, man, when you're looking at a, a 22-year-old and looking at his trajectory and he's looking pretty promising – and then they not only flatline, but become considerably worse. Like, it can't just be the drafting. It can't just be the coaching. Like, it's multiple things that are failing these players. And, again, I'm not saying they're just not good enough. Clearly, they're not. But they have to have more here. Like, these were all thought of as highly touted guys.
5: Yeah, I mean, ProRov, Konechny, these are first-round picks. If we didn't take them, someone else would have. And, you know, they probably would be a little bit better in another organization. It's just crazy to me. But... You know, also, I I have my problems with Fletcher and, you know, he doesn't exactly inspire confidence based on his track record. But, you know, I almost can't blame the guy. You know, he's brought in to do exactly what he's been doing. See if he can plug holes and find some Band-Aids and, you know, make it work. It clearly hasn't. You know what I mean? He brought in all these pieces, you know, a couple seasons now. It's not working. And, you know, is it his players or is it, you know, the players that were drafted by Hextall? (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, like that's still supposed to be the base. Like when you sign guys to these contracts, like they've signed Proverov, they've signed Konechny, uh, yeah, like they have to be your core. You can bring in the supplemental talent. You can take a shot on a guy like Ryan Ellis. And yeah, they'd probably be a better team with him in the lineup, with Katoria in the lineup, with Hayes healthy. But like, would that be looking at what they are? would they be a contender with those guys or would they just be you know, better than fucking horrible? Like there's no way that those three, like, are those three guys superstars? Like, is that what we are missing? They're not. So they'd just be mediocre with them, but without them, they're
5: horrible. It just makes no sense to me, man. You know, like any team you bring in some of these supplemental guys and it'll at least make them a bubble team. But my God, I mean, did Matt Niskanen put a like a hex on this franchise because that was the last I, time this team's been good
0: <laughs> and like we the more and more we think about that uh, especially that run January to March 2020 the more it just looks like blind fucking luck yeah
5: i mean you know what's the expression uh, even a blind squirrel will find a nut yeah. or whatever it is like they got hot at the right time and you know if if uh, the season wasn't ended cuz of covid they they probably could have won a playoff round or two but you know it wasn't built to be sustainable. And I think that's the problem. And it's been the problem for 20 years. We don't really have a team that's built to be like a, you know, five to seven year window type of team. We're always built like, Oh, if we just catch lightning in a bottle, if we get a hot goalie, if we make that one like extra move, maybe we'll get hot, but that's, you know, it's not working now and it hasn't worked and we're, we're way worse because of it.
0: Yeah. Uh, I will say, and thanks a lot, Chris, they were built that way, uh, for a short duration of time, but, uh, it got blown up because we decided to trust Peter Laviolette over the core that was assembled. And I'm not saying that was the worst thing in the world. I'm not saying Richardson Carter and that crew uh, didn't need a change of scenery. But, yeah, why rehash the past? Uh, but overall, no, they, they haven't been built with really any sort of direction outside of that short period of time. Uh, Matt, Matt, you're live on the post game. Oh, hey,
6: hey, Bill, can you hear me?
0: I got you. How are you tonight, Matt?
6: Hey, I'm uh, I'm pretty good. We're a few whiskeys in, and we're we're gonna have a little bit of fun, me and you here, I think. Um, so just to answer your your question, um, in terms of Yo, if they fire Yo, does that mean Lappy finally gets to to be the man?
0: <laughs> it, I was like, when I was thinking of asking this question, I knew that that would come up, like do they promote him? Do they use one of the guys on the ah, organizational depth chart wise? You would think it's lappy, right? Yeah. And my God, we, there's zero evidence that says anything, but he's horrible. That, that
6: guy is like a nuclear cockroach, man. He will survive until the end of time. Um, But, but in terms of yo, I mean, I, I'd keep him around. Like, you know, this is, Uh, captain John Miller from saving private ride, you know, he's shooting a gun at a tank. Like, I I don't know what, uh, what we're going to expect out of this guy, um, to, to do with the team. Um, just one point I'll actually try to make here a little bit more serious. So there's talk of replacing Fletcher and, you know, where the organization should go. Right. So I spent a little bit of time doing some research yesterday in terms of player development. Uh, I'm going to say the first name wrong, but Kiel Samuelson has been the development coach since 2013 with the organization since the year 2000. Why this bastard still is around after multiple GMs, after clear issues in player development. And nobody talks about these guys. John Riley, player development in since 2014. Nobody dares to talk about these guys. Pro Scouts, Dave Brown is with the team head scout since 2000 six how many coaches gms have we gone through that time but these idiots retain their jobs nobody talks about them i don't know what kind of advice they're giving to the team there's a guy in there fucking uh al hill pro scout since 1998 with the team like this is a country club you've got bobby clark crying about fletcher That, you know, uh, oh, we can't blame him. We got to blame Hextal. They're just protecting their own. That's all this is. This organization runs on relationships and not
0: on merit. 100% Matt. And that's kind of the thing. Like Bobby Clark said a lot of things that were true. However... It wasn't that long ago we were all screaming, like, they need to stop with this good old boys network. They need to stop just honoring the past and giving these people jobs for life because, you know, they got into some fights for us or whatever. And, like, you talk about Shell Samuelson, Dave Brown, like, uh, you know what? The, these guys are, yeah, good for them. Uh, if they want to be in the organization in some other capacity, sure, but when they are part of the day to day decision making in the operation, you have to blame them as much as you blame the g m and the coach and the players like you laid it out perfectly they it's, are they've like, been around here forever, and these are systemic issues it's It's just
6: wild and then you think of the newest guy they hired, chris Stewart, in twenty twenty to be a development coach, chris Stewart <laughs> like. He he was closer to being a, a fucking homeless dude than being employed with an NHL team. And somehow Fletcher hires him in because he wants to... I don't know what the hell he wants to do. He wants to be the nice guy. And I don't know what
0: Chris Stewart is developing, but it's sure not a brain. And, like... I think about these things. Like, you bring up these players who were even, like, Chris Stewart, Ian LaPerriere, they were here one year. And, like, they've earned a job for life in this organization. And, like, how come... It can't be, and I realize, like, I guess Hextall's that guy, but like, how come it can't be fucking Stevie? Y or or, or Joe Sakic? Like, someone who has earned some rope in the organization, like, oh, you know what? You were actually great for us. Maybe we should like give you uh, a little bit of leeway here. Like, no, it's de- like you you're naming these guys.
7: They did very little here.
6: Well, and and that's the thing. Like you hear Briere's name out there now, right? Like you know they're interested in Briere, and you know. Um, but it, let's say even Briere gets moved to GM role. Like I guarantee you, fucking Fletcher is still gonna be team president. They're just gonna slide him up. And if all those other guys stay, like it doesn't matter. Like basically, to me, I was thinking today. You know, like you go to the grocery store, you you walk by. Fucking all those shitty vegetables that nobody buys, turnips, beets, like all that shit that nobody's interested in. You know what? Like that's what this team is. Like, like, what, what, like what the hell? <laughs> anyway, that, that, that's all I, I got. I like- told you at the beginning I had a few drinks and I'm sorry. No,
0: I, no, I feel you, Matt. <laughs> I'm just laughing because uh, – and thanks a lot. I appreciate it. I uh, love when Matt chimes in. Yeah. Um, I I feel that way about all vegetables. But, yeah, I don't even know what the fuck a turnip is. But, yeah, it's, like, there is clearly systemic issues within this organization. Like, I know everyone says it starts with the owner and, you know, having Comcast Spectacore instead of a guy. But, you know, the groundwork for all this was laid by a guy. His name was Ed Snyder, and we all love Ed. Patron saint of hockey in Philadelphia. I am positive, if not for Ed Snyder, like, I wouldn't love hockey as much as I do. I wouldn't have been able to make a career out of this thing. We as fans wouldn't be maybe as emotionally attached to this team as we still are. But, you know, it's not like he didn't have a hand in this, too. Uh, like, there just needs to be, and I, we can't change the owner. It's the thing we have zero control over. Uh, it's They ain't going nowhere. But there's still like someone at the top needs to look at this thing and go, man, it's not just Chuck Fletcher, it's not just Elaine Vigno, like it's everybody who's been heavily involved in the decision-making process of this team for the last 20 fucking years that has us in the position we're in right now. Jason H. Jason H you're live on the post game. Yeah, um
7: you know, what frustrates me is listen to all these people be like Well, you know, Chuck Fletcher didn't bring anything in the offseason. The truth is, where were we going to get in the offseason? There was nobody out there that wanted to come. Even if you listen to all the stuff that was out there, there wasn't any of the hot hot goaltenders that were interested in coming. They want to go to developmental teams. They want to go to the teams that are on the edge of the playoffs. This wasn't a team that was on the edge of doing anything. And this is, I mean, the feeling around the league – I mean, obviously, is this team wasn't going anywhere and they weren't getting the free agents. So it's, it's easy to say, well, he should have brought in this. He should have brought in this. Well, you kids can't easily get that people. And if on top of it, where was the cap space for us to get these people anyway?
0: No, they're absolutely hung, hamstrung by like, why would a top player want to come here? And like at this point, like I've been dreaming about Johnny Goudreau coming here. Why would he? Like why? Yeah. Uh, unless he really, really wants to come home, why would he come here and deal with this shit? At this point, it would make no sense for us to sign him. We need to start over. Like <laughs> It makes no sense to even go out and get a top guy. No. Uh, but yeah, it, it, like Fletcher's moves to me is not even about who he did and didn't bring in. Uh, I will say a lot of like – I've liked two of the off-seasons he's had. I I really liked the first one uh, with Hayes, Braun, and Niskanen, and I liked what he did this off-season. Well, Outside of that, like, you know, mid-season moves, like when things start to, you know, either we can make a run, go get someone to help us, or things are spiraling out of control, maybe we can bring someone in to stop the bleeding, he's done nothing, and I think that really hurts because, man – you just sometimes maybe you got to get creative, but fuck! Like Ron Hextall turned Zach Ronaldo into a third round pick. There, there are always trades to be made if you work hard enough. And I just haven't seen from Fletcher in season moves that have helped this team a little bit. Bill, are you are you a college football
7: fan at all? Uh, I, I watched the playoffs. Okay, I'm I'm a Michigan fan. I was I'm um, I'm an Indiana kid. I've been raised raised in this area my whole life. This reminds me of when rich rodriguez was brought into michigan all i heard is he didn't respect the culture he didn't care about the guys historically he didn't care about this who cares about the history if you don't have
0: if you don't have a future then the history becomes relevant eventually yeah like and I think a lot about that, like about the complaints about the uh, the organization and how And season ticket holders have their gripes. They spend a ton of money, uh, but no one would care about the season ticket holders. No one would care about the alumni not being treated the right way under Hextall, whatever the gripes are no one would care about this that shit if the team was good but since they're not it's all just something else to complain about i if the season ticket holders got charged twice what everyone else got charged i would not care if the team won more than it lost but it loses a lot so like it's all just built up to a lot of animosity Histor i mean historically great teams i mean if you look at detroit
7: you know they won't. They won't tolerate the failure. The fan, the fans won't come, and that's why they had to bring themselves back for years. But they were doing the same thing that Philly was doing. Okay, we 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 got to get that, keep that playoff streak. We got to be on the edge of the playoffs. We got to keep this team competitive until Eisenman was finally came in there and said, "Done. We got to rebuild this thing."
0: And they did have, like, I have no problem doing that for. Like if you have an historically great core who has earned it, like a lot like with the Phillies, I don't know if you're if you're a yeah, baseball yeah. fan or not, but yeah, like absolutely. you know, even if even if they're not like World Series contenders, if you have a Rollins and an Utley and a Howard, like you owe it to them to kind of go for it even if like cuz they've earned that slack. Uh like and I think Detroit had that. Like they had fucking Hall of Famers up and down that lineup. They want to keep that streak going that's fine with me. Give them a chance to play in the playoffs a little bit, but like overall, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Last thing I'm going to say, and I'll get going is, okay, we got rid of some of
7: the guys in the off season, but the question is, did we get rid of all the issues? Because that's what I'm wondering. Was there more issues that we just couldn't take care of this off season? And that's the, that, and that's what's ripping this team apart.
0: And I I appreciate it, Jason. I'll answer that. Um, they rolled the dice on a minimal cultural change, basically. Really, it was getting rid of Jake. And you, you know what? You brought in Cam Atkinson, who has been one of the lone bright spots on this team. It's not even like I'm down on that trade. I've said a million times I love Goss Spare, but it was probably better for both parties uh, to go in opposite directions, whatever. Uh, but it's, you know, culture... It's one of those chicken and egg things. Um, Is the culture stopping them from winning? Or is the team bad, so obviously, like, name a bad team with a great culture. You know, like, maybe the culture in the locker room and the organization is bad because the team's just fucking bad. Like, maybe that was the problem And thinking, oh, well, if we change a few things, bring in, like, you know, some guys who are buddies with Kevin Hayes or whatever, like, and we try to put the team in that direction. Like, no, it's... The team didn't have enough great players, so they're not very good. Like that's all. That's all it came down to. They took a chance. I, I'll never fault the team for taking a chance. Since it has failed, it's time to go in another direction. Uh, Johnny Dyer, Johnny, you're live on the post game. How's it, Bill? How are you tonight, Johnny?
2: Oh, I'm good, man. I'm gonna go wash this, uh, wash this game off in the ocean a little bit. Um, I just want to say, uh. Matt was spitting straight fire just a little bit ago. Like, that was fantastic with him calling out all those guys in the development team.
0: That That's actually – it really made uh, – we're going to record BSH on Wednesday, and uh, chances are that's going to come up, and I'm going to pretend like I'm a genius because of yeah. Matt's fault.
2: <laughs> Bro, it was fucking dynamite. But, uh, yeah, this uh, – you asked a question earlier, like, Yo days, Mike Yo days, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's behind Yeah,
0: the and, like, I, I wanted to – like – I'm not calling to get rid of him. Right. I'm just asking how people are feeling. Like, we're going to have another 10-game losing streak. Uh, it, it probably doesn't matter. It's probably a waste of fucking time to go get another coach at this point. Uh, and especially, like, if your options are Nick Schultz and, like, Chris oh. Stewart, and Ian Lapierre, yeah, like, just keep Mike Yo. But I just think it's interesting. You know, okay, you know, AV lost the room. We're going to be able to steady the ship at least a little bit. No, they're, they're even worse now.
2: And then, like, this game in particular, like, this was a shutout. Like, I understand yes, they got a goal, but this was a shutout. That was the flukiest goal I think I've ever seen.
0: Uh. Yeah, like, I mean, when a team as a whole simply cannot score, and Travis Konechny, regardless what we think of him right now, is a considerably better player than a guy who hasn't scored in 20 games, eventually you're going to just get one of those. They happen to get it tonight. But it being their only goal was actually perfect
2: right uh i would uh two like health things real fast and then one like um they should just they gotta shut uh kevin hayes down like they gotta they gotta stop like he's he's gonna do damage i think you were talking about it in another episode like another game before like it was glaring today he just doesn't he wasn't he's not a very fast skater anyway and he does use his frame a lot but you could just tell like you could really see it. He doesn't. He doesn't have it. So just shut him down. Because it's what, what's the point in in hurting that asset? And it makes it's, me wonder. we're and we're talking it. about
0: Kevin Hayes like. uh Kevin Hayes is going to be here. Like, yeah, we can yeah. even trade Giroux, trade Risto, trade all the guys with, you know, one year left on their deal at the deadline in the offseason. Maybe you can figure something out with JVR, figure something out with uh, maybe TK, Sanheim, whatever, whatever, however you want to blow this thing up. There there are going to have to be some veterans in the lineup, and uh, Kevin Hayes is going to be one of them. So unless you want the next four years of his contract at $7 million to look like this, yeah. fucking
2: let him get healthy. Yeah. Yeah, he's not he doesn't prove anything to anybody. And and that makes me think that like I got a conspiracy theory that like Ryan Ellis is healthy and he is looking at what's happening out there and he's like, nope. <laughs> no. You <laughs> know, I it. was
0: thinking I was thinking at intermission today. If Ryan Ellis was healthy, they'd have maybe a chance to play six guys who aren't Keith Yandel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like <laughs> Like, are they holding him out so that they have an excuse to keep, keep the handle on the fucking lineup? <laughs> Probably not. But, like, yeah, 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 you have to start to. Because we're just not hearing anything at all about right. Ryan Ellis. And shit, man, like, maybe he blew up his knee or blew up his shoulder or whatever the fuck's the matter with him. I have no idea. Uh, But, like, uh, it. When you hear nothing, it lends its – like then you start thinking about shit on your own and coming up with conspiracy theories, of course.
2: <laughs> I mean these guys play through everything, everything. Yeah. And like, you know, uh, it's, I'm not, and I'm not, not saying that Ryan Ellis isn't tough and wouldn't play through something You know, if he thought he could. But like, you know, if, if that was me and this is my livelihood and uh, I don't know, let's see what happens next year. First, let's see who the coach is because it's not the potato they got in there right now. Let's see who they bring in. Let's see if they got a GM. Like, you know, he has got to look out for himself a little bit. But uh, the, the, I just wanted to ask you uh, before I before I let you go and let you get to the other callers. Is what's the next distraction? Because they just had Clarky on there throwing shade, and and the whole interview is is good. Like I was, I, I read a couple of things about it, and I listened to the interview, and it's not like the whole interview wasn't him just talking about Hexall. No, but, and like that's but the that was, it uh, seemed... that was definitely a distraction. So I just wanted to know if if you thought. Uh, like, what's the next distraction they could come up with? Because, you know, now, like, there's no more eagles to distract people. So, like, now people who might be paying attention more to the eagles are going to give it a little bit. Oh, well, the flyer game's on. And then they're like, oh, my God. Like, what? what is the next distraction <laughs> these
0: guys have? That's, that's actually a great question, Johnny. I love that. Um, if I had to guess, maybe uh Gritty punches a kid again. Or maybe he goes to Ben Simmons' house uh, something like that, and like he picks a fight with Ben Simmons in his front yard. Uh, like, yeah, uh, and that that Clarky thing, it's been a, it's been a little bit now, but um, like the headlines of it and, and all the like, uh, you know, the sizzling, the sensational stuff, like it kind of came up organically. It was just a, it, like the whole thing is interesting. I enjoyed listening to the uh, was it Cam and Stricker or whatever the. uh whatever the show was, uh, I enjoyed it. And I talked about that on BSH. And then suddenly, you know, they just ask, should they have gotten rid of Hextal? And he just goes in on Hextol. Uh It kind of, like, it happened organically. Maybe it was all, you know, Clark trying to big brain the thing. But, you know, I can't imagine anyone in this organization has that much fucking foresight. If they could, I don't think we'd be where we are right now. Patrick Reed Miller. Patrick, you're live on the post game. Oh, we need a... Uh, we need star-level players so badly, it's insane. And you know what? The, the the worst part is they don't need to fucking tank. Like, they can just continue on as is, and they will be in the top five of the draft. Like, moving guys is just going to ensure it by the deadline. I will say I saw something on Twitter, and thanks a lot, Patrick. Your uh, volume was in and out there a little on me. Um, I saw something on Twitter, like, if you look at the standings, especially in the East – kind of looks like the uh the playoff spots are locked up, you know um it, it, there isn't gonna be a bubble team pushing to get in in the east. A lot of these teams, depending on where they are organizationally developmental wise but there's gonna be a sale even if you're you know you think you're set you're not really looking to accumulate assets you have a young roster or whatever there's gonna be a sale on low priced veterans. Basically, half the team's in the East. Fletcher might need to get ahead of that. He really might need to get ahead of this thing. Uh, Andrew Widmeyer, you're live.
8: Close enough. Hey, Bill, how you doing?
0: I'm well. How are you?
8: Doing all right. Um, I think it's pretty obvious to me, you, and everyone else, with every passing game, that it's just kind of time. They've done the whole, like, you know, try and say competitive and rebuild thing. This year they took a swing for the fences. I think it's just time. Yeah. (laughs) Which on the last year of his contract. It's never a better time.
0: No, they they did take a shot. I liked what they did in the off season. Didn't work out. Now you got to try something new.
8: You know, I think a lot of people talk about you know the fact that we have so many veterans still remaining on the team. You know, it's going to be hard to bottom out. Uh, My rebuttal would be this year. You know, you yeah, you take look at G what away doing. from the team, and Frege mentioned, I think, last week, that Provrov's another name that can get floated. You know, what does it matter who's healthy or not those two are gone anyway?
0: Yeah, like, I mean, you know, they were, they were a bubble team with Giroux and Voracek in their prime. Uh, they don't have that anymore. I mean, we all like Kevin Hayes. We all like Cam Atkinson are they, you know, at the age they're at now, guys who are going to make a difference in terms of wins and losses? Like, they'll make some plays and be good, but this will be a bad fucking team with those guys around.
8: Yeah, I mean, we're a team full of accessory pieces. You know, we don't have the main cogs that you need to win a championship. And the worst part of it is we finally have the goaltending. You know, for years, how long we've just been saying, hey, if we had a goalie, we could do this or that. Well, that was wrong.
0: Yeah. And like last year, so much of it got put on goaltending and so much of, uh, uh, so much of Fletcher's plan this off season was like, well, if Carter Hart just bounces back and we have a little bit more than we had last year in terms of depth, and he went out and got Ryan Ellis to be a first pair defenseman, you know, if we just have these things, we'll be easily a playoff team and maybe a low key contender. Well, I, I realize the health and everything hasn't worked out, but they are so far from contending. I can, if they had full health right now, I can't imagine they'd be anything other than 500.
8: All right, last thing I have, now I'll let you go, this, this is kind of scary, but let's say they do you know, the right thing and get rid of all these veterans. Exactly what are we watching for 40 games, 30 games, whatever?
0: I mean, the thing about it is, and thanks a lot, Andrew, I realize the idea of this team just being trash sucks, but they're trash right now. Uh, and uh, more to Andrew's point, I think, is it's not like we're going to bring in a bunch of exciting young guys. Maybe they can make some hockey trades for some younger guys who are closer to ready. Uh, and y- y- you get pieces who at least can be in the lineup and you get to watch a little bit of what the future might be. But even then, uh, like, they're just. We're just going to watch a not very good hockey team for a little while longer, I think. Uh, Milwaukee Drew, Milwaukee Drew, you're live.
9: Hey, Bill. Uh, Just wanted to get um, a few things on my mind uh, uh, to ask you uh, tonight. But first, answer your question uh, first. I got to say, you got to keep you at all costs because of... Uh, who was mentioned before? As well, who else would replace Yo? Uh, a lot of inferior names out there. So uh, I think Yo has to stay the rest of the year, just for any other reason, just so. I would think he's soldiers. going to. Yeah. So I, I think you have to keep him, and I think it's also unfair if you brought someone else in right now. It it wouldn't be fair to judge that coach on what's happening. So
0: that's in a, like, except for someone looking to get their foot in the door, like a Le Perrier or Nick Schultz or whoever, like right? What, who would in their right mind want this gig?
9: Well, okay. So that actually leads me to my next, uh, you know, thought was okay. Who, who are candidates out there? And I think that when you look at other teams like a Carolina, like a Tampa, uh, you know, some others. And I would take a look at, you know, see who those assistant coaches are that are under Brindamore and Cooper. Because when you talk about culture, it gets spread, I think, amongst, you know, the group, the coaches, you know, the front office. So I would highly consider looking at who are either the assistants or, who consistently wins a lot in the minors, too?
0: Yeah, and I think to that point, that's also something they need to look at organizationally if you're going to be talking about the decision makers, who are going to be the head scouts, who are going to be the GMs. You need to look at these teams that constantly turn out guys. In the you know, You get a second-round pick, and he becomes a star. You get a yep. third-round pick, and he's a good piece for you. It needs to be an organizational overhaul, and I think that's how they need to do it. yep look at those organizations they win for a reason it, yes, it's they not do. just one or two guys in the organization making every decision it's it, It's a fucking team, and maybe if you pull something from that team, you'll be better because what we have here is nowhere near good enough.
9: yep. I was also going to mention uh, a concern of mine though is I, I hate to say it, but it was brought up before. I believe, by someone about how we've suffered so much regression from all of our Hextall draft picks. And it makes me wonder now, I mean, he looks promising right now, but what's Cam York going to look like if the same thing happens to him? You know, it's a distinct possibility. Of course, I don't want it to happen, but... (laughs) Yeah, I just think you have to
0: hope... I think you just have to hope, and thanks a lot, Drew. Um, you just have to hope that the player has enough in him to overcome any organizational speed bumps or, uh, you know, external failings that the player has enough internally to, you know, overcome all that bullshit. Which clearly, at least right now, has not been the case for a lot of guys we thought very highly of. Um, maybe that'll turn around. Uh, let's see here. Last call tonight. Charles Fernland. Charles, you're live on the post game. Charles, hit the unmute button. There you hey, go. How's it going, Bill? How are you tonight?
3: Good, good. Um, so I'm from California. I'm a diehard Flyers fan. Uh, been so for 10 years. One of the earliest memories um, as a child was watching my father just come home every day from work, crack open a beer and watch the Flyers. Uh, so I kind of grew into that and been a diehard Flyers fan for the past 11 years. And I'm just I'm just so sick of this uh, constant mediocrity that we've seen. It's been 10 years and I'm only 22 and I've been a fan for that long and I'm already seeing this pattern of just mediocrity and it's just so frustrating as a fan watching every game and uh, – these post games help so much, honestly, and yeah, that's it.
0: I appreciate it, Charles, and thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for joining me. I hope you make this uh, more regular to call in, but yeah, you know, I, I think this is something we talked about on a show recently, or maybe it was something like a few of us were talking off the air, but you know me and uh, Kelly and charlie uh, we're we're a little older. we can remember. Some good times with this team, you know, 10, 12 years ago, obviously, was the cup run. Uh, But even before that, you know, they always had a relevant good team. The younger fans, man, I – you don't even have the Lindros memories. You don't have the Leclaire memories. You don't have the '04, uh, the '04 run. You don't remember uh, back with a vengeance. You know, after after the 22 and 60 season, they go to the fucking conference final, and it's like, yeah, we're back, babe. Like you don't even have that. You've just been watching this shit, and I can't blame. Like, you know, the Flyers have fallen so far in terms of relevance in the Philadelphia sports scene. Uh, Forget about just in the sport nationally, whatever, but in the sports scene in one of the best – what was one of the best hockey towns in the country before, it's just – they've almost killed their brand. Uh, I I really believe the Flyers brand is still worth more nationally than it is locally at this point. Uh, So many of the fans are just apathetic or fed up and angry or whatever, Uh, like – I. Maybe they still get a rating from those orange jerseys and saying, "Hey, Flyers, Boston on national TV tonight." Like maybe that still draws uh, some you know, out-of-town fans, casuals, whatever. But they are just borderline worthless uh, in in this city that loved them and embraced them and blew them up so much. It's it's a fucking shame. But again, as I, as I always say, I really appreciate the people who do still care. I really appreciate everybody here uh, who joins me in the post games. It's, it's absolutely awesome that even in these hard times uh, for the organization, there are fans who want to talk about it, fans who love it still. Uh, it's absolutely awesome. You've enabled me to do you know what I want to do with my life. So. Great. Thank you all so much. And that's where we'll wrap it up. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you've got to hit that subscribe button, search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. It's probably more than you'll even want to hear about this team, but if you want to hear it, you can find it on our podcast feed. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts. You won't need to go anywhere else. All right, that's it. Um, thank you all for listening. Thanks for hanging out. My name is Bill Matz. Until next time. Shit, tomorrow. Oh, my God. They play again tomorrow, and it's the Isles again. <sighs> Have a great week, everybody.